0: What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com. That's H-A-W-G-sports.com. Today, we'll talk Razorback football, basketball, baseball, as always. A lot of stuff going on kind of behind the scenes with staffers being hired, with assistant coaches being hired, and uh, scheduling stuff going on. We'll talk about that and more. Pete Roulier and Keith Grayson both going to join us. It's all happening on Hogsports Live. Before we get started, I want to apologize for the audio. For some reason, on my computer, I didn't touch it, but the input got jacked all the way up for my microphone, so it's very hot, and we had to do some stuff post-production to fix that. So we got it fixed for next time, obviously, but it wasn't anything with the software, which is why I couldn't figure it out in show. So we got it fixed. Sorry about that. On with the show. All right, first I want to bring in Pete Roulier with Hog Hogsports. Pete does all of our baseball coverage, also chips in with basketball, football, and does some recruiting stuff. Keith Grayson is going to join us a little bit later. I want to ask you to like, share, follow, comment if you haven't done so already. And... Be sure to throw us five stars if you're listening on podcasts. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Of course, there's Facebook Live and YouTube if you want to watch the show. Um, but uh, throw us uh, throw us a review. It helps us get our message out there. Okay, sounds like we're okay. Nobody's saying anything about the the hot mic, but it, was, it looked like it was clipping for a minute. So first I want to jump into Turner Gill, Pete. Um, this is an interesting hire because this is a guy that – Has head coaching experience, obviously, was a great player also. He's executive director of student athlete and staff development. What is that?
1: Well, you're asking me what that is, and at first glance, I probably don't really know what that is, right? Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you what the University of Arkansas says. They say that Gill will provide direct oversight for football student athlete programming designed to foster leadership, personal accountability, social development, academic direction, self-identity, and awareness, along with emotional intelligence. He will also provide guidance and development to the coaching support staff while engaging the Arkansas community and Razorback football alumni. So you read that, and you probably still don't know what that means, right? Yeah. It sounds like he's
0: there for moral support and guidance. Just an extra, right. an extra eye, I guess.
1: Well, he, he did retire from coaching um, last year, and he said he doesn't really want to a coaching gig so this is kind of perfect for him and mm. i mean if anything it's kind of one of those things where it's pretty cool to have turner gill a former heisman finalist i mean one of the most popular college football players i don't know if i'd say of all time but of yeah. course in the 80s i mean if if you have a recruit in there his dad was a big football fan back in the day You can be like hey this i think arkansas is pretty cool they got turner gill in there yeah you know and also he's got some pretty good recruiting accolades. He brought in Khalil Mack to Buffalo. I think that's his big one. Mm-hmm. Now an NFL superstar with the uh, Chicago Bears. So, I mean, it's not a bad hour anyway way you look at it. Turner Gill is a big name, and I, who knows what he's going to be doing, right? Yeah, Something off the field. But I think you can't disregard what uh, Morris has been doing. It's kind of the same thing with Muscleman, just bringing in guys that kind of been attached to pro the pro level too. I mean, uh, Turner Gill has been at the pro level, so it's not going to hurt, you know.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think anytime you can bring in a big name, that's that's probably an advantage. And um, you know, he's obviously got a lot of experience as a player and as a coach. Obviously, uh, I don't know that we've talked about Jimmy Witt yet, but Jimmy Witt committed to Arkansas mm-hmm. last Monday. I guess was it was it Monday? Was it Memorial Day? Is that as soon as it was? Yeah,
2: I think um, it was. Pretty sure it was. Yeah, it was Memorial yeah. Day.
0: That's why we didn't talk about On it. On <laughs> yeah, probably probably was
1: what it was. What yeah. a story, though, right?
0: I know. So he, so Jimmy Witt. I think most people are familiar with his story. He came to Arkansas under Mike Anderson, had a long-standing relationship with Mike Anderson from uh, his time in Missouri, and then left after his freshman year. Not a not a great shooter, but a guy that's very athletic and does a lot of good things for you. And then left for SMU, played uh, three years there, graduated, and now has returned back to Arkansas. ESPN ranks Jimmy Witt the number twenty-two eligible, immediately eligible transfer in the country. And Isaiah Moss, who Arkansas also has, is number 19. So, um, yeah, Jimmy Witt. What do you what do you think about that addition? They got a well. Nice first of all,
1: <laughs> well, no, That's something we can get into here in a little bit, but no, I think Jimmy Witt. It's it's such an interesting story. And, and first of all, I'd like to say, if you watched some play as a freshman, you probably had some thoughts about. I mean, his confidence. He's probably thrown up some shots that he shouldn't have should have taken, but he's gotten better, right? Mm-hmm. He's averaging more points per game, and SMU's coach said that he's, uh, he's a point guard first, and, and that's really what he likes about him, and, and that's how it became, his basketball cues how he became such a good point guard in that league. and I think that uh, Jalen Harris as a true point guard was great, but I think you get some creativity on the offensive end with Jimmy Wade. He can kind of find his own shot, which is I don't know about you, but I thought that was kind of lacking a little bit last year with the Arkansas
0: roster. See, I don't think that Jimmy Witt's a great shooter. From what I remember him here, and I like Jalen Harris. I think if Jalen Harris could develop a jump shot, then he could be really dangerous for Arkansas. I mean, he does really everything else well. It's just a matter of shooting. And I think he kind of – I was talking to Musselman a couple weeks ago about this, about reworking some players' uh, shooting mechanics because – Jalen Harris kind of like, he brings the ball back and he like does this like weird cockback thing. And oh, yeah, I tried, it was, it was I tried shooting the ball like him one day and it was just all over the place. So
1: Well, Jimmy Witt doesn't have a pre shot either. No, and I, let me just say that, that's not what I was trying to say, that he's a great shooter, but he's kind of got this DeMar DeRozan kind of thing. That's kind of his NBA comparison where he can kind of create a mid-range shot. And mm-hmm. he did that as a freshman a little bit, but he's been hitting a lot more at SMU. So that's kind of encouraging. And same with Isaiah Moss. They kind of bring some offense to the – they're, they're, they have the ability to create their own shot, which yeah. uh, if you if you think about Mason Jones, maybe he was the one that was the go-to guy when the shot clock was running down. So, mm-hmm. to have a couple more guys like that I think is, is going to be a great addition.
0: You also had a good story on transfer guards should boost Arkansas offense. So, you included Isaiah Moss. Isaiah Moss can shoot the ball, however. So, right. you got a good mixture of guys back there, I think, Um and like we said, what is Arkansas at? Technically, 15 scholarships right now. I think a lot of us assume that uh, Khalil Garland will probably go on medical, or I, I don't, I don't know exactly, but he hasn't played in two years. There's no indication that he's going to be playing this year. But uh, Arkansas has got one more player that's um, that's going to have to move on at some point. Clay Moser, we haven't talked about Clay Moser, who was uh, that's not our, yeah, he was former Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers assistant coach last year. Um, and Arkansas has dished out some money to these guys. So Chris Crutchfield, this is from uh, Arkansas Democrat Gazette. They got the report on this. Chris Crutchfield is going to be making three hundred sixty thousand dollars a year. That's up from two hundred eighty that he was making at Oklahoma. Corey Williams is making two fifty, and Moser will be making two hundred thousand. So, um, and both those the last two coaches are on twelve month renewable contracts. And uh, Crutchfield has a two year deal. He's also the associate head coach, so uh, a little bit of money headed his way.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, you got to pay the guys if you want to come with a, with a brand-new staff, right? But, mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at it, it's kind of like an all-star
0: staff. Cause it's, just oh, dark it's, a great, scratch. it's a great staff on paper. There's no question about it. Crutchfield having all that background, you know, with Oklahoma also. Corey Williams being a former NBA player and, uh, and you know, having experience at Florida State and being a head coach, although not a lot of success. And then Clay Moser uh, with the Los Angeles Lakers. And then you look, you factor all that in with Musselman literally coaching on every single level. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's intriguing. If you're if you're a recruit, I mean, you're like, what what level do you want to be on? You, you're not good enough to go to the NBA. I've coached overseas. You know, I, I've been a player in the NBA. I've coached in the NBA. I mean, all these guys, you know, in Crutchfield, you know, just with his experience as a recruiter, um, it's pretty. It's a pretty impressive staff. I mean, they. That's as good a staff as you could hope for them to hire. You couldn't go out and say, Man, I don't know. You know, they just at least on paper, who knows how things will play out, but on paper it's pretty good looking staff.
1: Right. Somebody put it simply on Twitter, I think they said, You got a guy that's played with Michael Jordan (laughs) <laughs> and you got a guy on your staff that's coached LeBron James and Coach Kobe Bryant. Those are probably like the three biggest names in, in basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, to put it simply, I mean, that's that's one way to sum it up, right? Yeah. And that's that's a great recruiting tool to have, and not a lot of the schools have that in the uh, in college basketball.
0: So, Pete, shifting gears a little bit to scheduling. So, Arkansas has announced the SEC schedule for 2019-20. Anything jump out to you with Arkansas' schedule? Got some. Yeah.
1: Well, I think that I think the schedule is that you got you got your hard games at home and you got your a little easier games away, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the that's what six top finish, yeah, that's exactly what you want. You got the six top finishers in uh, in the league all coming here, and that's I mean that's you can't really beat that draw.
0: Hey, he's got and a lot of passion. Arkansas. He's got a lot of passion, and I think that's something that Arkansas has lacked a little bit with Mike Anderson. You know, he. he Mike was always very intense, but you didn't see just, you know, the energy level and and you know, you saw that with Muscle. It'll be interesting to see what he brings from Nevada to Arkansas because he has talked about things being not gimmicky, but things that they had to do to really promote their program, you know, um, like taking your shirt off and writing Mountain West Conference champs on your on your belly and um you know just something like the globetrotters warm-up thing I don't know that that's something they'll be bringing to Arkansas but I wish they would I love the, the Globe Trotters warm-up I don't I don't think it's a detriment doing the globetrotters warm-up like do you really lose anything by, by warming up to the globetrotters yeah. I feel like he's very aware of what
1: works and what doesn't work yeah. you know he's been at it for a long time but I think he knows what fans react to what players react to and he's probably going to gauge it out a little bit but I mean I could definitely see him bringing it in and He's not going to take it too far, but he knows when to go crazy and when to rail in. So mm-hmm. I think it'll be fun to watch this season.
0: Uh, let's just talk about the uh, the regional, super regional, and uh, what lies beyond, possibly.
1: Um, I think it was a pretty good draw for Arkansas. I mean, Cal is a pretty pretty decent two seed with a top four Golden Spikes player, but TCU really stuck in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, that nobody really expected TCU to get in. So for them to come become the fade, well, that's that's a big win in that regard. Um, I expect Arkansas to take care of business today, and then maybe we'll talk about it further tomorrow. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, after that, if you ask what what's further on, if Arkansas wins next week, they'll be playing the Super Regional, and they'll be playing Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss, the uh, winner of the Ole Miss Regional. I'm sorry, but uh, that, that's an intriguing one too, because Ole Miss is the only team that's came into uh, bomb, bomb Stadium and actually beat Arkansas in a series this year. So mm-hmm. that'll be fun to watch out for. So keep your eye on that.
0: Okay, Pete Roulier joining us from hogsports.com. That's H-A-W-G sports.com. Pete does all of our baseball coverage, basketball, football, and helps in with recruiting and everything like that. All right, Pete, appreciate you, man. All right, thanks, Greg. Bye. All right, before we continue on, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
0: go straight into Keith Grayson. We'll get some fan feedback on, on some things that are going on with Razorback Athletics. What's up, Keith? You're on live with Hog Sports Live. What's shaking?
2: Nothing, man. Are you doing okay? You've had kind of a rough week. You, you, you misreported that, uh, Justice Hill information. (laughs) I did not.
0: (laughs) Man, you'd be surprised how many people come to me and, uh, had mistaken me for the wrong tray. yeah, I, I, did, I, I, did, I had a great week, Keith. I did not have a bad week. I had a great <laughs> what week. I've, what I've learned out of that is do not
2: name your kid Trey, because it's going to get confused with another Trey very easily, apparently, even if you have different last names. Dude, it Isn't is, it is ironic, too, that people are mad at him, or well, mad at you mm-hmm. for having wrong information, but they're wrong?
0: Yeah. That is dripping with irony. Speaking of wrong, <laughs> yeah. Um you know, most people named Trey are not named Trey, by the way. They have another name. They're the third. And a lot of people don't know that. It's super confusing. I always tell people, just na- give your kid a name and let him go by it. Because I have to sign documents and stuff all different kinds of ways. And I know every other Trey does too. So, Keith, you've got a plane to catch here. You're boarding at 1110, is that right?
2: Yeah, um, Arizona time. I, you said I'm calling at 1050
0: and I oh, uh, oh, called at okay.
2: 850. So you you have been around like three times this week. You know I
0: hate I hate when radio people do that and they contact me from another time zone and they give me their time zone and it screws me up. And here I have done that to you.
2: It's all right. I'm in my office. So I, I got a little I got a little time. I just have a guy that doesn't speak English at the door wanting payment for something. So I'm <laughs> waiting for my translator to get here at nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. The phone's ringing. It's Home Depot. I haven't I haven't picked up anything. So we're good. I just ignore all the uh, things that I have to do today because I I'm heading like you said I'm heading out to Denver. Mm -hmm. meeting up with our boy joe nichols he's he's got his tours heading through um he's playing at the grizzly rose tomorrow Mm -hmm. in uh denver colorado so meet up with him and some other razorback fans i don't don't know what time they what time does the game start tomorrow if we uh in the winner's bracket
0: oh i haven't even looked at it for tomorrow um couldn't tell you i think we're at one today right
2: yeah, one today, and I have a terrible feeling about this entire thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> not not the, uh, you know, it, it really, it check, like, I want everybody to kind of keep things in check, but everybody the entire season has been Omaha or bust. We're going back to the College World Series and talking all this up, and it's just setting up for a huge disappointment. Even when a team really wasn't preseason, they weren't in, expected to make it that far, mm-hmm. you
0: know. Would you just say that I've, Dave Van Horn didn't win SEC Coach of the Year, given all of right. that? Hey Keith, I wanted to real quick. You know, there's people who don't know who you are, and I just wanted to to mention that real quick. You've been a poster on our board a long time. I'll let you say your username. I am. I'm
2: whiskey drunk, or I I, I did go under, under Y or something like that. Is whiskey drunk back, backwards?
0: I think you should go with whiskey responsible. Now that you're a little older,
2: I I to... I think I should go with something else, but I, I, you probably don't want me talking about it on the air. <laughs>
0: okay. All right. We'll, we'll talk about that in private. I've mellowed out a
2: little bit. Let's just say that. Yeah. Hence so the trip to
0: Denver. Keith is the um, former disgraced president of the Arizona Razorback Club um, following debauchery in Dallas where you were removed from that position and uh, does real estate, multi-housing, is that right, in Arizona?
2: I basically I flip houses like those uh, dudes on HDTV, Except what I do What's is I. What's your
0: YouTube channel? You have a YouTube channel where you talk about this stuff. You want to promote it real quick?
2: Grayson Real Estate. We're huge. I have 33 subscribers.
0: You do good stuff on there. I find it entertaining. I mean, I think you're funny as hell, anyway. But um, you know, there's some good information on there. And
2: I try to I try to be informative, and then I I also cuss at the neighbors.
0: <laughs> yeah
2: there are some f-bombs in there just a just an fyi for, for uh i in the bible belt down there but i'm i'm very direct and i'm an individual yeah i think so people basically still I,
0: curse in arkansas uh maybe okay. but i think i think so
2: <laughs> yeah i uh well just to you know i i don't know why i'm on this show and i think a lot of people when comic relief
0: listen, entertainment purposes
2: well, when Fantastic. they come on, they're like, who the hell is this random person, this random fan out in Phoenix? And I was a really big deal the last time Arkansas was good at football in 2011.
0: Yeah, you, had a so, moment. you, had, you definitely had a moment of stardom. It's like,
2: yeah, it, it peaked pretty uh, – It crashed uh, with
0: Bobby Petrino's motorcycle, I think.
2: Yeah, I did, I did not take that firing well either. <laughs> but I, I will say it did have – some did. of this I, – I don't know
3: how it had any staying power,
2: but – I was back in Arkansas, and I think Pete can attest to this. I met Pete out for a beer. No less than three people came up during the hour and was like, excuse me, uh, sorry to interrupt, are you whiskey drunk? Like it was really random, 12 mm-hmm. people total. I, I was counting the uh, celebrity is hard to deal with. <laughs> the fame is unbearable.
0: Hey, what do you think about uh, Arkansas recruiting? They brought in Vernon Broughton, or bringing in Vernon Broughton today. Is that No, that was last night. Defensive tackle out of Houston, Saw Ridge. So,
2: here's what's happening there is I think a lot of people are going to get a little frustrated this season because they are swinging for the fences, as I mentioned mm-hmm. before, and that kid's going to Texas.
0: Probably. So, we're
2: going after kids. We're getting kids on campus, and, and um, but we're, we're in dogfights with, with the big guys now. So, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, we got um, a lot of people – we're going after a lot of recruits that are heavy leans to A&M, Texas, and LSU, and we're not to that point where we can pull out anybody and beat A&M head to head in a recruiting battle. You know, so we, we're really taking it to Baylor. Dear God, have you seen the amount of it? Baylor? <laughs> Baylor
0: fans are not happy with Arkansas.
2: <laughs> we're five and zero against them this year, or something in the recruits. So, oh, yeah, Chris Crawford being a
0: big one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've got some big-time recruits committed right now. Most of the guys are in the 500 range. You know, you, you don't see so many highly rated guys like they had last year early on, but they're still a top 20 class in the country right now. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to recruit off a 2-10 and 10 record. I thought Jeff Trailer said it best when he was like, I want to see what we do off a winning record, you know, when we finally get things turned around. Um, and I'll talk a little bit later about Chad Morris, or we can talk about it right now. Just, um, you know, Chad Morris was at SEC Media Days, or excuse me, SEC spring meetings uh, in Destin this week, and one of the, the topics a reporter asked him, you know, is it easier to recruit nationally at Arkansas? And he's like, well, no, 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 that's not that's not what our focus is. You know, our focus is regional recruiting: Arkansas, Texas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Tennessee. That's that's our footprint. Uh, and I thought he made some great points because he kind of compared it to Clemson when Clemson was kind of building things up. And I think Clemson, when he arrived at Clemson, Clemson was a little bit better shape than Arkansas, but Clemson was focused on Florida, Georgia, the Carolinas, you know, that region. And now, only really recently have they been able to spread their wings and start recruiting nationally. But with Arkansas, it's imperative to get into Texas. In 17 months, he signed 18 players from the state of Texas, including transfers. And compare that to – what was it? It was less than 12 when he took over. Less than
2: 12.
0: I thought it was like five. It's 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 like seven or eight or something. I mean, it was – it was a dramatically low number, and that was one of the downfalls of Brett Bielema, not recruiting Texas or trying to recruit Texas but not putting the right resources there, not hiring a coach with a strong background to Texas and just kind of – I don't know. I think, I'm,
2: I, I think I'm back on the train of like – got to look at this. their uh, physical makeup too. If, if they're not a jogger, I don't think they get the hire now. You can't have dudes like Bielema anymore. Well, what about coach. Sam Pittman? Get rid of him.
0: There's more than It's
2: an offensive line coach. I think it's. I think it's specific okay. to the position you coach. If you're a line guy, you can look like uh, Charlie Weiss.
0: Okay, <laughs> I got you. I got you. All right, Keith Grayson joining us here. Let's see what else we got for you, Keith. Um, I wanted to bring up Jacob Kaner real quick because he took a visit yesterday. Um, a tight end prospect out of Tyler Junior College, who's a, a walk on candidate, but had a really good visit to Arkansas. So, Jake. Jacob Kaner might be a guy to watch. Um, you got anything else you want to bring up, Keith, before I yeah, let you go? Yeah, I want up? Haynes
2: King. I want Haynes King. I want the uh, – okay. I, I put me in the uh, that category of – why don't we use that relationship? Do you think there, there's a possibility they're going to bring in two? I mean,
0: how – I don't. And I think bringing in Nick Starkle made it to where they don't necessarily need to do that. But here's the deal with Haynes King and Chandler Morris. They're not coming to the same school. They're just not, you know. And it almost feels we- – it because it almost feels like a given that Chandler Morris will eventually commit to Arkansas. You don't want to say that, but it it, it would have to be a situation where he's like, hey, Dad, um, you know, I don't think I want to go to Arkansas, you know, and have that conversation because I think they're counting on him, you know, and I don't think it's a slam dunk that if Chandler says, hey, I, I want to go to, you know, Oklahoma or Florida State or something. I don't think it's a slam dunk that they could get Haynes King just because he is – the recruiting is just improving and improving. And I think they have a sh- they'd have a shot if it came down to that. But you recently watched his video or something because he's he's got all the tools. I mean, he can run, yeah. throw. I mean, and he, the other thing is, I look, him,
2: I, I look at it. at like this: I don't want LSU to actually have a quarterback. I don't yeah. want I don't want that kid going to LSU or uh, mean, does need another one will screw like him that.
0: up or something if he goes to LSU. <laughs> No, they they don't have a great track record for a team that produces so many athletes. LSU does not have a track record for quarterbacks, but the landscape is changing so much, and they got Joe Burrow there now, who's you know a pretty good quarterback. Um, but you look at what teams are doing now; you can just go out and grab a quarterback who's you know been in college, been in the system, like Oklahoma has done. Oklahoma's last three quarterbacks, you know, including um, Jalen Hurts coming up here, have been transfers, and two of them won the Heisman. So. The landscape for college quarterbacks has changed dramatically, especially with graduate transfers. I mean, if you can get in early and like redshirt your first year and then graduate in, you know, three years or something, you end up with two years of eligibility left. That's like getting a a junior college guy without, you know, sometimes the junior college baggage. I mean, they've been in a, you know, major college system before, so
2: it's so transient that I could totally see Dalton Hyatt, John Steven Jones leaving and then Connor Nolan going exclusively to baseball or something like mm-hmm. that. And we're going – we have this huge quarterback room and then we get lose three in a year.
0: Somebody will transfer, uh, Keith. I mean, it happens every single time that there is a, a turnover with the quarterback job. Somebody transfers well, out.
2: I know you're trying to – I know you're trying to uh, get off and you guys talked about basketball recruiting earlier, but mm-hmm. I, I'm really excited about – I like the Jimmy Witt deal and I like having him combined with Isaiah Moss because when you don't have a, a five per se – if Connor Vanover doesn't get the transfer or uh, waiver, then you're going to have to have guards that rebound. So in, like you have mentioned before, in positionless basketball, everybody's got to do everything. They all got to shoot threes and they all got to rebound. They all got to defend pretty much every position on the floor. So that kid, uh, Jimmy, is a really good defender. We know that. Everybody's kind of honing in on the three-point thing, but I, I think that Musselman is looking at how we're going to get the team total rebounds up, mm-hmm. offensive rebounding up, and stuff like that. So um, I, I like it from that perspective. And the, the Justice Hill thing, you know, not to – I don't know any of the facts on that, but if he does go to a walk-on, it's because you can transfer out without sitting out the year after that. I would look for that, too.
0: Yeah, I can't associate my name with the uh, <laughs> stuff just for you're still not, of you're getting not a, I'm a not I'm not clear of it yet. I did not report Trey
2: of 103.7 <laughs> the buzz. <laughs> yeah,
0: not this Trey. Um, well,
2: I, yeah, we had dinner with Trey Shapp one time. Yeah. I wasn't that impressed. <laughs>
0: Dude, Trey's a good guy. I don't and and I'm I'm I don't know, you know, on the information and stuff, but
2: um We got to start some beef between other uh, people in the sports media i'm, I'm not I've, I've been good the past three or four shows I, i'm ready to start a war between you know kind of like a, a mm-hmm. anchorman-esque um battle royale in the streets of sayville
0: <laughs> hey who are uh i don't mean to change the subject john you can you name two other players in any sport that uh left arkansas and came back left arkansas played for another school and came back i know you can do it
2: alex mortensen yep. and you got alex you're, can,
0: you can get the other one what?
2: Well, it's Sunday Out of Bio, Sunday right? Out of but bio. It's, you're saying you're saying other sports. I any, any sport.
0: basketball, team. any sport. Yeah, Sunday Out of Bio. Who did it because the NCAA screwed him over, and, um, and me.
2: To come and, back. and me. I went to I went to Fort Lewis College, then I went to UALR. Mm-hmm. Or no, I went to Arkansas, then UALR, then back to Arkansas. Yeah. Oh, okay. Four colleges, uh, five years, and uh, no degree.
0: you're doing pretty well for yourself I'm doing all right yeah you're doing good all right Keith I want to thank you for joining us man appreciate you all right take care see you all right see you so that was Keith Grayson Keith has been with us a long time at hogsports.com one of our uh, I mean he's he's funny the guy's funny he provides good takes and uh has been with us a long time, so I like having him on the show. I hope you guys enjoy having Keith on with us. So, uh, to jump back into things real quick, where did I – I don't want to lose my spot. We talked about the, uh, the people visiting. Um, Jalen Polk, uh, we haven't talked about him. Uh, wide receiver out of Lufkin, Texas, who has named four teams as his favorite. Uh, and where are his four teams? Arkansas, Arizona – where are his four teams? Arkansas, Arizona, Texas Tech, and Baylor. Uh, Are his four teams. So Arkansas already has, what, three wide receivers committed right now. I can't see them taking more than four. Four even seems like a lot when you consider all the other positions that they have out there. You also have Colin Sullivan, who's a four-star wide receiver out of uh, Round Rock, Texas, who Arkansas offered over a year ago. And, there's a lot of people who have him going to Arkansas. So a lot of people think Jalen Polk is going to Arkansas. A lot of people think Colin Sullivan, Alex Abrams. I mean, there's a lot of wide receivers out there that people think are close to committing to Arkansas right now. So who gets that last spot? This is a good position to be in. They had a big recruiting class last year, and they brought in some some really strong wide receivers this year, and and potentially another one. I mean, either one of those guys, any one of those guys that they end up getting would be would be huge. And you know, can they keep Zevion Capers? who's – taking other visits and stuff. Some things upcoming with uh, Arkansas football, some important dates. We've got the end of the spring evaluation period is actually today, May 31st, when this is being recorded. So that's the end of the spring evaluation period. You've got some satellite camps coming up in East Texas or Beast Texas. They like to call it Beast Texas Mega Camp. You've got Sam Houston State Camp on June 1st that coaches will be at. Then at Arkansas, you've got a specialist camp. You've got a big cap mega camp on June 9th. Uh, June 10th, you have a youth camp. June 10th, 11th is the high school overnight camp. Usually a lot of good prospects for that. A lot of younger prospects you'll see also. Speaking of younger, June 12th to the 13th, junior high overnight camp. Final spring official visits are June 12th to the 14th. That's when Colin Sullivan and some other players are coming in. And that'll kind of coincide with, like, Arkansas's Trench Hogs Passing Academy. And then you've got the Hog Wild Elite Camp on June 15th. That'll be a big one. And then that's pretty much it for the camp circuit for Arkansas. So it's just like – two weeks of hard camp schedules. I mean, just like almost every day for a long time there, uh, sometimes two in a day, and that doesn't include some other satellite camps that there's possibly going to be. I think there's a big one in Memphis coming up too. So, um, And you got SEC media days on June 15th to 18th. I've already booked my ticket and hotel room for that and kickoff cookout on July 26th. We'll probably see some commitments right before that. I like to get some guys who are privately committed to commit right before that to kind of kick things off and then pull some guys in. Right after that. So um, that's where we are on upcoming dates. So Chad Morris was at SEC Spring Meetings. We talked a little bit about that, him rec- relying on, on regional recruiting, so I won't go into that too much more. But um, I thought it was some interesting comments from Chad Morris just about focusing on Texas, focusing on Arkansas, Oklahoma, particularly Tulsa, Tennessee, particularly Memphis and East Tennessee, um, Louisiana, of course. So they've done a great job, especially uh, they did a great job in there last year. Um Talked a lot about uh, uh, quarterbacks when he was in Destin and uh, just kind of how the quarterback battle starts with this offseason, with offseason leadership that's going on right now. And you've got Ben Hicks and Nick Starkle, obviously Ben Hicks having a long history, playing three years under Chad Morris at SMU, quarterback to 2-10 and 10 team. So that's kind of interesting to think about. He knows how to bring a team out of a 2-10. and 10. Didn't exactly like set the world on fire. They won like five games the next year and then seven the year after that. But uh, maybe that experience will help uh, Ben Hicks maybe bring it further. But the real thing is the competition. you got Nick Starkle coming in. He's got a big arm, a lot of talent, probably a higher ceiling, has won in the SEC, threw for 499 yards in his last game as a starter, four touchdown interception, and a 55-52 loss to Wake Forest in the Belk Bowl. But uh, he's a guy that won the starting job at Texas A&M as a redshirt freshman. So uh, there's some some positives there with Nick Starkle. Uh, and – I bring up that 499 yards a lot, and the reason I do that is because I don't know that Arkansas had a quarterback last year who could put up 499 yards in a game. So, um, definitely upgraded the quarterback situation. K.J. Jefferson, history says that K.J. Jefferson will not be a, gay, a day one starter for Arkansas just based on not enrolling in the spring. Uh, so, But K.J. Jefferson is a guy that could emerge eventually. I just think he's got some things he can work on mechanically, a little raw, but he still was, what, the all-time leading passer in uh, Mississippi history. So those three guys, I think, are players to watch. And, of course, Connor Nolan, who's with the baseball team, um, you know, what will that set him back, not having gone through spring drills uh, and being with baseball so long. But uh, Connor Nolan, I mean, the guy started a game last year. So, um, But it starts with the, with the offseason. So a lot of people have asked about how the offseason works, and really, you know, you've got um, – designated times that you're working voluntarily these are all voluntary workouts so you've got designated times where you can work with the players um, with the strength and conditioning staff and actually the coaches can spend some more time now this is actually just as of the last couple years In the summer, the coaches can work with the players without a ball, but they can do some stuff with them. So it's not just like, all right, after spring football, send you off for the summer and we'll see you in August. You know, it's not that anymore. They actually get to work with the players a little bit. Not a whole lot, but a little bit. And then the players organize their workouts. And the way coaches organize the spring is – They actually had two practices after the red-white game, and a lot of the reason is just to kind of show the players what they expected them in the offseason. So, the quarterbacks lead the throwing drills and things like that, so that's where it starts. And uh, Chad Morris talked about Taj Boyd, Deshaun Watson at Clemson, guys that really took over uh, the program in the offseason going into successful seasons there. So, uh, quarterback battle starts now for Arkansas. Um, Chad Morris talked a little bit about college football free agency, as we're calling it, with the transfer portal. And, the, the thing that he brought up that I didn't really realize, I'd always understood it as a player who wants to transfer has to inform the coaching staff and they have or the staff in general, and they have five days to five business days to get the player's name in the transfer portal, which is really just an opportunity to get their information out there for other coaches that want to say, okay, this guy can help us. We'll contact him. But the way it really works is they don't have to talk to the coach at all. It's probably a good idea to talk to your coach and have that conversation, but all they have to do is go to the compliance office and say, hey, I want to transfer out. And Morris has said a couple of times he's looked on Twitter and a kid's name has been, you know, that he's transferring. I don't like that. I don't think – I think most people would agree that's not a good way to do business. I don't like a lot of the things about the way transferring is right now. I don't like that players are parlaying the four-game redshirt rule to graduate transfer somewhere else. If you want to transfer, transfer in the off-season. Okay, don't transfer when your team is, is counting on you. I know that things happen. You lose a quarterback job, you lose your position, things like that. But, I mean, that's just part of life, you know. That's just part of it. And you see so many players red themselves after four games and then they'll go to what the compliance department and say. Hey, I want out of here. And then the coach finds out about it later. That's that's not a good look for college football. Quitting in the middle of your season on your team is not a good look for college football. It just isn't. They've got to change something. And I've said before, I think they should use something like with coupon codes where you can't use this offer with any other special. So if you want to do the four game red shirt rule, you don't get to to use the red shirt. You don't get to transfer out. And if you want to transfer, you can't use four game red shirt rule. That's the answer to that. Simple. So fix it, NCAA, fix it. It's not good for college football. And all four-player rights, I've said before, I think the system should be something to where you can transfer and get immediate eligibility if you've been, you know, you got – halfway through your college football season and things aren't going the right way at the school you're at. Cause the coach would probably be just as well with you moving on anyway. So let players move without restriction after a couple of years. I don't think that should hold with freshmen. I think freshmen should still have to sit out a year because there needs to be something that says, Hey man, pump the brakes a little bit. Don't just leave at the first sign of adversity, stick it through, you know, unless there's, you know, there's always extenuating circumstances. So I'm just talking about in, in general. So, um, I did a little breakdown. How much time do we have left here? Oh, we got a little bit of time. Did a little breakdown on Razorback breakout players position by position, and this is something that I think that Arkansas needs these guys to break out. So let's go over that real quick. I went with quarterback with Nick Starkle. And, again, this is players that Arkansas needs to break out, not predictions, okay? And I say Nick Starkle because he, to me, has the highest upside of the quarterbacks. So, he's got a little bit of a late start behind uh, Ben Hicks, but I think that that's a guy that could break out. Chase Hayden at running back, and I say that because Chase Hayden was the next big thing at Arkansas. He was the next big thing at Arkansas as a freshman until he broke his leg. Uh, Numbers dipped pretty good last year. Uh, Really the third back on the team. But Chase Hayden, I think if he could emerge and become that guy that we thought he was going to be uh, as a freshman, then that would be huge for Arkansas. Didn't have a great year last year. Wide receiver Trey Knox. Pumped the brakes a little bit because no wide receiver freshman has caught more than 37 passes in a season, so if you're expecting like 40 catches out of, Mo- out, of out of Trey Knox, that may be uh, a little bit too, uh, a little bit much. I almost called him Moss, but um Yeah, if he could be Arkansas's version of Moss. The thing that stands out about Trey Knox is not just his size. You knew he was going to be tall, but his quickness with other players. Because you don't really know 100% until they get out there against other college players how quick they actually are. And uh, Trey Knox is is super quick. Tight end, Hudson Henry. They need a good combination. They get Trey Knox out on the field with Cheyenne O'Grady, with Hudson Henry. That's some big wide receiver targets. And and Hudson's a tight end, but – He's, he's more wide receiver than than Hunter was, really. Hunter, to me, fit the offense that he was in, and I think Hudson will fit this offense well. Tied in second-hardest position to play on offense, so it's, it's going to be an acclimation period. But if they can get some play out of him early on, uh, that would be big. His brother caught 28 passes his first year. I don't know if we can hold him to that standard, but uh, because C.J. O'Grady, I think, is going to have a big year for Arkansas. Offensive tackle, Myron Cunningham. I just think it makes sense you bring in the guy from junior college. I think he's one of the top five players. He could end up at guard, but uh, I think Myron Cunningham is um, the guy to, to watch at tackle. Uh, I think he'll eventually move into the starting lineup. Offensive line, Shane Clennon uh, on the offensive interior. Clennon has all the all the ability in the world. The thing that stood out to me talking about him before he hurt his foot, uh, and he's back. He played in the spring game, but uh, the thing that stood out to me w- with Shane is just he seems to get it now. I think mentally he wasn't quite ready to step into that role in the past, and and now that seems to be the thing that he's most confident in. And he has the size. I mean, he's six six, and one of those guys. that's all a six six. He's a get off the bus first type of guy, and I think he's listed at three hundred, but he looks much bigger than that. Good looking, good looking player. That's what you want at guard. Defensive line, Dorian Gerald, who arrived at 285 pounds last year, uh, down to 267, probably down past that. That was pretty early in spring football when he said that. So he's lost some weight but added some muscle at the same time. Uh, coming in so late and out of shape, took him a while to get acclimated, and then the last two games of the season he started allowed McTelvin McTelvin game to move into his natural position at defensive tackle, and that's a benefit for McTelvin knowing, all right, this is where we're putting you. This is your role with this team uh, versus moving back and forth, you know, so he can prepare to be uh, a defensive tackle at Arkansas. And, uh, Dorian Gerald always impressed with his junior college video. So hopefully he gets things in order. They need linebacker that, okay. So bumper pool has got to step up at linebacker because if he doesn't, they're in real trouble. They're already thin there. So if he's not a stud, then, then they're in trouble. And we saw a lot of good things out of bumper pool in the off season, or excuse me, last season. And, um, yeah, he's just, it, took, it takes linebackers a year to cook before they stop making just general mistakes. So, Joe Fouché at safety is kind of the same reason. Arkansas doesn't have a whole lot of – I mean, they've got some bodies, but really he's the guy that's shown the most promise. So, Joe, Joe Fouché at safety, uh, free safety, they need him to step up. And cornerback Monteric Brown, Arkansas pretty young at cornerback. So, Monteric Brown, uh, Jarquez McClellan are both redshirt sophomores. So, they need both of those guys to, to have a good season. But behind them, you're talking about – Uh, Ladarius Bishop, who's a redshirt freshman, Uh, Devin Bush, who's a true freshman, early enrollee, Um, you know, so you you get pretty young there at cornerback. They need to have a big uh, defensive back uh, recruiting class this year. So those are my guys at each position for Arkansas, guys that Arkansas needs to have a breakout season, not guys that I'm necessarily projecting, but if they they can get that out of them, then, um, you know, you feel good about where Arkansas is from, um, you know, in terms of bowling. Also did a story on top Arkansas offensive signees um, over the past decade, so that starts in 2009. So it's after that, heralded 2008 class with Jarius Wright, and Joe Adams, and Tyler Wilson, and all those guys. So the quarterback uh, is is uh, Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen, who was probably the most chastised quarterback in the history of Arkansas football. I mean, he's up there, uh, and then ended his career with a SEC uh, with a national. Second in in the country in 166.5 pass efficiency rating, led the SEC. That's 85th all-time in college football history, 85th all-time. So um, definitely had a great senior year there. An honorable mention nod to Austin Allen. Running backs. Went with Niall Davis and Alex Collins, although you can make a strong argument for Jonathan Williams and Raleigh Williams too. I mean, the thing about Niall is he really just had a moment. It was really just like an eight-game stretch where he kind of took over the starting role and then, you know, ran for 1,300 yards. And, of course, Alex Collins rushing for more yards than any player in school history not named Darren McFadden. Um, but Raleigh Williams, Jonathan Williams both have claims. thing that's interesting about this four-man list is – Every single one of those players missed an entire season with an injury except for Alex Collins, who declared early. But all those other players miss a full season of action with an injury. So and really Raleigh Williams missed too. I mean, he had a career ending neck injury. So wide receiver Kobe Hamilton, Keon Hatcher and Drew Morgan. I went three deep there. I just I couldn't pick between Keon and Drew. Both those guys had, you know, kind of right there at the same time, both very reliable. Drew had that 10 touchdown year where he led the SEC. Kobe Hamilton had ninety catches one year. Uh, School record, 1,335 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, 1,335 is a school record also. So, uh, those three wide receivers, tight ends, an easy one, Hunter Henry, Um, and Jeremy Sprinkle, A.J. Derby, Cheyenne O'Grady, C.J. O'Grady. That's three good honorable mentions there, but you got to go with the Mackey Award winner and Hunter Henry. Offensive linemen, Frank Ragnall, Travis Swanson, Sebastian Trotola, Denver Kirkland. Alvin Bailey, that's my five right there. And I give an honorable mention that nod to Dan Skipper and Yelda Froholt. Uh, two solid honorable mention candidates. But, I mean, you look at the five that I mentioned, all of them spent time in the NFL. What's interesting about Denver Kirkland and Alvin Bailey, both of those guys declared early for the NFL draft, and neither were drafted, and both ended up making uh, teams. Sebastian Trotola arrived at Arkansas at 370 pounds. You know, we talk about Rakeem Boyd arriving late and having to get acclimated, and they put 15 pounds on him in two months, and then Dorian Gerald needing to lose weight. Uh, because he arrived so late. And then you have Sebastian Tritola. I mean, it just shows you with junior college players, it's important to get them in early. So big that Arkansas got uh, Myron Cunningham and Chiboisian Wana in early so they can go through the spring and, you know, not sit around. Because really in junior college, you're just – I mean, there's not a lot of off-season type of help for, for these guys. And that's why you see sometimes they, they end up showing up out of shape. But Sebastian Tritola, prime example guy that was 370 pounds – and I think ended up under 320 when he was drafted. So uh, kicker, Zach Hawker, no question. Zach Hawker is the kicker, 77.2% um, uh, on his four years, 61-79 to 79 on field goal attempts, and scored 354 points, and also sniffed the uh, the NFL 10-14 all-time with a long of 51 with nine touchbacks in the NFL. So... That's where we are right now. All right, everybody, I want to remind you real quick again, if you have not, thrown us a thumbs up, then please do so. Throw us that thumbs up, like, share, comment, follow. Uh, it helps us get our message out there. If you are listening on uh, podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or, St- or Stitcher, be sure to throw us five stars. Throw us that review. It really helps us, again, get our rating out. Uh, same for Facebook Live and YouTube. Throw us that thumbs up. So. Um, That's pretty much it. Let's see if we got any questions left here. I don't want to miss anybody's questions, but I know we got a few here. Um, Excited to watch the baseball game. Barbara Ann Smith says, hi, hi, Barbara Ann Smith. Mark Campbell, thoughts on Jimmy Witt. We covered that, just saw it. Uh, Rincey Hill says, we need another big bat. I agree that they need some help down low, but at the same time, I don't know. It feels like a little bit of positionless basketball for next year, uh, unless they can get Connor Van over eligible. But... um, I, I think that they're a little thin down low. I mean, if you, if you consider Daniel Gafford is actually six nine, like he, he checked in, then, you know, how tall is Reggie Cheney, who I think will play a big role for him last year. Anything on Isaiah Moss says Billy right? I haven't heard anything except for rumors that people talking like he might return to Iowa. I, that's all I've heard. But Arkansas has already commented on him. Um, so, um, I, I think, I, I, if I had to guess, I think he ends up at Arkansas. Uh, how bad do you think, says Dustin Hoofman. how bad do you think – it would blow the minds of the SEC haters if five teams make it to the College World Series. That would be fun. That would be fun. I mean, that's all about all I've got to say about it. But SEC is strong in baseball. Galen Brown says, love the Hogs. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. Um, had some fun with Pete Royer, Keith Grayson, always entertaining. Uh, again, I want to remind you, if you haven't signed up at hogsports.com, now, right now, you can get Hogsports for $1 for your first month, or you can sign up for a year and get 30% off, and that comes with a seven-day free trial. So. Barely anything to lose with Hogsports.com. And Danny West coming back from vacation next week, so he'll be back on the recruiting trail. Hopefully he'll be revived. Usually when Danny comes back from vacation, he's ready to get it over with. Actually was working at Orange Beach, did a recruit interview. There was a recruit that happened to be at, at Orange Beach. So Danny West, the hardest-working man in Razorback recruiting. Um, I don't know. This coaching staff is pretty hard. They, they give him a little bit of a challenge. Definitely keep him on his toes. So, All right, for Pete Rulie for Keith Grayson, this has been Trey Video with Hogsports.com.